You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. I mean, you had this thing dialed at 430. <laughs> Are we <laughs> recording? The started earlier. I have the, the pleasure of, um, I have to take my daughter um, to her mother's house because I'm getting my daughter's car. I'm taking her car to the shop to want to get fixed. So she was like, um, oh, well, then you have to give me a ride. So I gave her a ride. And my daughter's one of those people, you know, people that do this. We get to the destination. And it's at that moment she decides to start telling me a long story. Oh, Lord. And you have to sit in the car until it's done. Like you're stopped. <laughs> yes. So I'm at a point of, you know, giving her space to talk. And so now the door is open. She has one foot out the door and she's telling me this long involved story. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, like it was a 10 minute drive. Why did you tell me this story on the way? <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I started telling people when they're talking and I'm no longer listening. I just say, hey, listen, this is super important to the story. I stopped listening. <laughs> like, I'm done. Please don't waste your breath any longer. I thought when kids turn 18 that you're not supposed to be doing all this shit for them. <laughs> right. That's true. It should be 19 in, in a month. God damn. Yeah, exactly. You know, something else is fine. It's unrelated to that. But I was talking to my partner, Elihan, and she was she was having some difficulties with her. Um, you know, she's a teacher, so with her school district getting her uh, health benefit cards. Oh. Right. So so finally I was like, you know, you should just just call. Or just call them. You've been emailing, just call it. Here's what you say. You know, I've been waiting for months and I need to go to the doctor, my routine stuff. And I've emailed and no one's returned my email. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come to the district and we can talk about it. Just say that. <laughs> so, they don't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so they call back and they call back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it should have, um, I'll find out what happened. I'll call you back tonight. Right. So this was, this is Thursday. So. Today is Thursday we're recording. This was Tuesday. So the lady then did not call back that night. And you know, you know, we have a lot of experience in customer service. Yes. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So I was trying to think of all the reasons why, you know. And so then the next day I said, well, did that lady call back yet? She was like, no, she hasn't called back. And I thought, oh, this is really bad. So what it tells me is that person is the person who messed up. Right. Yeah. And, and so she's probably trying to work it out and figure it out and everything. So finally, today I said, you need to just call back because it's unacceptable. So she calls and then she tells me that the lady says, oh, you know, we found an error. And um, now I, she said, I didn't call you back because I was waiting for something. And, you know, we found an error and I'm still waiting. And I was and I said to her, OK, I get it. I said, I, I miss the days of having a. Uh, 
an employee, like in management, you have another management employee and they say something like that. <laughs> and I can just go, what do you mean you're waiting? <laughs> <laughs> and you decided not to tell me that you're still waiting? <laughs> why are you in my face just to tell me that you're waiting? Like, why do I want to see you right now? I was just... I was, <laughs> oh, I've been there. <laughs> she said, oh, you were a mean boss. I said, no, I wasn't a mean boss like that at all. But I just didn't have time for malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> malarkey. I remember when I first started at Verizon and I am like head of sales, a big team manager, and we're in the we're in the office talking about like things to do to motivate people, create a fun environment. And I mentioned having like a cake, like a bake-off, like a, a, a round the robin sort of the when you have the chairs and you eliminate the chairs when the music stops, it was like a cake-off. And you told me after the meeting, I don't pay you to think about cake shit. <laughs> You can't you can't you can't be in a meeting talking about cakes when you run the sales team. <laughs> Good dog, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, like in my last job, I was reporting to like some regional vice president or something, and I was in the senior senior housing, senior living um space as they call it. And and my boss came in and we were looking at one of the apartments, one of the Promise that seniors move into. And she goes, Oh, you, so you could just go shopping and get, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I went, I'm not going shopping. <laughs> she was there. She was like, What do you mean? I said, I don't shop. And she goes, No, you know, all the marketing directors will go to their, you know, they, they want to fix up some of these apartments and units and, you know, just go to, to you know, the store, get some lamps and some things for the walls. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and this lady was like, she was flabbergasted. She was like, I don't understand. And I go, okay, I'm gonna help you understand. No, none of your bosses, right? The the um the pre the regional president, none of these people will ever ask me or hold me accountable for not shopping. No one, no, they'll never. I said when your boss came here a month ago and we walked through this entire community, that guy never said anything about shopping. All he talked about was numbers. Right. Well, we rented how much money we're making. And I go, you didn't hire me to shop. She goes, but some of your peers in other markets were shop. And I was like, that's really good. That's really nice of them. <laughs> I was such a dick. I was such a dick. But I was like, but I'm not going to do it. She said, well, would you just go and pick up like a chair if we pick out some stuff? I go, no, I'm not going to do it. And she was like, I, she, and then she, she caught herself. She says, you know, I. At first, I was flabbergasted, but I really do now understand what you're saying. I go, good, because I'm not going to shop. And I will, you will not praise or fire me for shopping. It's only no. going to be the numbers I bring in. That's all that matters. Right? That's all that matters. I'm a salesperson. Ask me about sales. I'll set you up. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna put on my performance review that I came up with a good idea about a cake off. <laughs> right. That's about a really nice live, love, laugh sign and put it in the kitchen of this mom. Like, what the fuck? Why do you want me to do that? Waste my time. Oh man. Oh man. Anyway, sorry. So we said we were gonna dive into project 25. Yes. And did you do some research? I did because a, a, a friend of ours months ago 
like maybe in August or something told me about um, Project 25 and she had already created a website with stuff on it. Like oh, that's, shit. yes, that's what she does. She already created a website. So, um, and then since then, there's a lot of information going around about it. So yes, anyway, yes, I have some stuff. So good, and and that's Katya. So what, should we give her website a plug? I know we'll put it in the show notes, but what's well, her website? I don't even know. So yes, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, okay. Yes. So, all right, when I say we're doing research, what we always mean by that is you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you're so good at it. I went to the old Google search and I was oh, nice. looking up Project 25. And you know, I spent a lot of time in the tax, the the tax part of it. And um it the document is it feels like it's a thousand pages or so. I think it's a thousand pages. It might be a little less than that. But there is so much in there that we won't be able to do it in one yes. in one podcast. But I will say. I don't know where you spend most of your time, but I was looking at taxes and how the middle class and less and the poorer folks would be taxed at like 30%. Yes, crazy, right? Taxed at 30%, like like a blanket tax. So no matter how much you make, you'll pay 30% in taxes. How is it's, that it's, even? It's, it's how, sick. It's sick. So I spent some time looking at taxes and, state taxes um so that's that's one scary thing because it's the same people that will say oh project 25 is going to be really good and then what will happen is it comes to fruition and then people will blame biden because they'll say well it started when biden was in office yeah it did so so just give some background um yeah. project 25 is a um a roadmap for what the Republican Party wants to do um, should Donald Trump or another Republican be elected. And it is a, uh, it's an aggressive overhaul of government and, and civil life, like it really is. And so um, I found a, a really good description, um, the presidential uh, of um, uh, Project 25, really good description. It's a overarching goal top to bottom blueprint for a systematic reform of the federal of the current federal system of governance to do and and this is the words they use to destroy the administrative state and it includes sweeping and targeted goal of removing or rolling back federal policies deemed to be examples of what they call leftism wokeism which is just stupid uh programs to support gender and lgbtq plus civil rights diversity equity and inclusion and all um, democratic or President Biden policies around energy, environmental policy, defense, and international aid, but also um, a goal of firing all federal workers and replacing them with workers who are lower the president if there was a President Trump. I mean, it's 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 sick. Like it is really sick, and it's very. Uh, it's very comprehensive. So that, that's what the goal is. And you say, well, who put this goal together? Well, um, people who fund the Republican Party, the Heritage Foundation, and that's a, a, a think tank um, that consists of very conservative, like extra conservative people who they just support the Republican Party. 
policies and they give money and fundraise and things like that. And then other very conservative uh, groups. Um, and so that's just some of them. But they also, there's some other scary parts of it um, that they have uh, they have already recruited lawyers and legal firm, firms who they are calling their army and another 5,000 loyalist lawyers um, who their job is to make sure that everyone who comes into administration fits into um, the group thing, the, the program. <sighs> um, it's, but again, it's, it's hope, it's hopeful that Donald Trump gets reelected, but it's also just for any Republican um, that get that gets elected. So, and they, they're calling their deal day one. Like, what do they do? Uh, so you've heard Donald Trump talk about some of these things, deport millions of people, right? So not just people who are not citizens, right? So green card holders and uh, and so forth, but also people um, that they just think are anti-American, right? So uh, current Palestinians, other people in South America, undesirables, basically, um, they said they're just 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 gonna um, deport them, and they're gonna um, create what they call an online training institute <laughs> that will be taught by them. They eliminate the entire public school curriculum and replace it with a Christian based curriculum. Woo! Right, right. Like this is some deep indoctrination bullshit. Um, it will be aligned with Christian conservative values and ideas, right? That's what every the whole deal. And their deal is uh, to do all this, you know, starting day one, like just starting day one, do this, get rid of legalized uh, marriages for gay people, um, every, anything having to do with diversity, just eliminate all of that. Anything having to do with um, health for immigrants, um, get rid of all that. And then it, it wants to be what uh, political people call isolationist, meaning we drop out of the UN, we stop we stop giving aid to any country, right? And we just, everything just stays in the US. And then uh, we do everything, they wanna do everything to eliminate, make, make unions illegal, make it illegal for children to work, and then get rid of every, environmental restriction on businesses. And that's just, look, that's just a high level summary because their document is probably 25,000 pages of bullshit. Yeah, but it's, it's, that, it's a lot. That's, this is some crazy stuff. And, it, and it, because I think what happens when you look at something like this, that the normal person that goes to work every day, let's say the normal white person that goes to work every day and live in their best life, they look at that document and be like, I'm not reading a thousand right, pages. Right. I'm not reading a thousand pages. So they, the nuance of all the stuff that they throw in there becomes overwhelming. So people don't go to read it. Like they don't yes. realize and break it down. And yes. it's, it, and then by the time they do, it's too late. Yeah. And you know, if, if we take a step back and you say, well, this is what they want to do in, in the next Republican administration. So if a Republican doesn't win this time, then, <laughs> excuse me, if a Republican doesn't win this time, then they just move it to the next election. It doesn't go away. And I'll give you the example of that. 51 years ago, 51 years ago, so older than you, right? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were getting too old, my friend. <laughs> Gotta hate you. 51 years ago, um, the right for American women to have a legal abortion became a law, right? 1972, the famous case of Roe versus Wade, and it was you know, a woman trying to have an abortion, and it became legal, right? And we know that after Donald Trump um, got in office and was able to appoint three, three Supreme Court justices, all of them extra conservative Catholics. It's very important. And all of them, even in their confirmation, said that the phrase they used was Roe, meaning Roe versus Wade, was settled law, meaning they told, they said in their confirmation hearings, they would not do anything to upset settled law. And as soon as the case got to them, they upset settled law. So they all lied, basically. And not even basically, they did, they lied. And so the right to an abortion was struck down. And when it was immediately so, um, something like 26 states that are um, run by, the legislatures are run by um, Republicans, immediately outlawed abortion in some form or fashion, right, immediately. So you say, well, what does this have to do with Project 25? When the right to abortion was legalized in 1972, since that time, Every single Republican who has run for office from governor to attorneys general to president to senator to congressperson, every single one since 1972 has included in their platform that they will work to roll back weight, um, abortion rights. Since It took 50 years and every single one including every single president, right? Every single one from Ford, then to uh, Reagan, Bush one, Bush two, Trump, every single one said, we're going to do this. It took them 50 years, but they did it, right? And so now in order to get abortion um, legalized at the federal level, again, it's going to take a long time. Now there are states like California is legal and there are many other states is legal, but it is illegal and under the threat of penalty and, and arrest and so, and so forth in many states. And so the point being that Project 25 says, here's all these things we want to do. And essentially, those things mean roll back all rights yeah. to pre-civil rights, pre-union, right, pre-environmental controls and safety controls, pre-OSHA, pre child labor laws, pre-immigration, just roll back, give, not even roll back, eliminate all those things, right? And, and so what they're saying is, we're going to do this, they're saying day one, you know, of the next Republican, Republican administration. They hope that it's this coming election, but if it's not, they're going to continue to try to do that. And so then the, the broad point of that, that I want to make all that, so you have roll 50 years to try to check every single one Every single elected Republican ran on that platform. It finally happened because the Supreme Court finally got enough extra conservative judges to agree with it. And those judges were handpicked by the Heritage Foundation, the group that put together, that it's part of the group that put together this Project 25. And so when, when we as voters, when we vote in the 
in the presidential election every four years. That's wonderful. But every two years, we get to vote for, in our states for you know, whether it's school board or supervisor or assembly person or mayor or governor, attorney general. Every two years we're voting. Those votes matter more than the presidential vote because those are the people who are the, who create the foundation to make significant change like that. And so when, when we vote in an election, if, if you voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016, even though she, she had 3 million more votes than Donald Trump because of where our system is set up, she didn't win, right? And then if you say, I'm no longer going to vote because I'm mad that my candidate didn't win, or if in 2020 you hoped that Bernie Sanders would be president and he didn't get it, or Elizabeth Warren, and then you say, well, I didn't get my way, I'm not going to vote. Or if you say, I don't like Joe Biden because he's not the president of Israel. He can't make that military stop doing something. And I don't want him, I don't want the United States to give any money to him, then I'm not going to vote. What you are saying is you're okay with people like the Heritage Foundation who are making, who are giving the money, providing a blueprint for Republicans to get rid of rights for everybody. And not just rights, like it's more than that. Like when you say you can't work in government unless you sign a loyalty pledge to Donald Trump, or if you are if you are a Palestinian, you can be American and be Palestinian, and they're saying we're going to deport you just because we don't we don't want you people here, or we don't want Islam's or Muslims here, people who follow Islam. We want this to only be Christian here, and we would deport you. Like, are you okay with that? And if you are, then like the rappers say, then I can't fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot, but I was trying to put it all together to, to it. Sometimes it takes a long time, but they never stop working to get their agenda through. And then often you have democratic voters who say, I want this right now. I voted this one time and it didn't happen. I quit. And I once wrote about that. We don't have a microwave democracy. Like you can't just put in a microwave for press one minute and everything is fixed. It's voting after election, after election, after election. So so anyway, I said a lot there, but Project 25 is absolutely as scary as it sounds. And that, you know, I think about, I follow just like you do, POTUS and Kamala. And yesterday, I don't know if, I don't know if it was yesterday or this week sometime, she posted something about, you know, the top 10 states with the highest rates of maternal uh, mortality rate have all passed abortion bans, right? And when extremists say that they are motivated by the health and well-being of women and children, the hypocrisy abounds. So, mm -hmm. and her little statement was the hypocrisy abounds. And let me tell you, comment after comment after comment is, oh, talk about hypocrisy. Women, 300% mortality rate in women in Gaza and every hour a mother dies. Where is the hypocrisy there? This is the kind of stuff that in all honesty scares the shit out of me that there are so many people that think that Kamala or Biden have this power because we live in this country that we are we were given and taught that we are the greatest country on earth. So if something is going wrong uh, in another country yes. that we all believe now, 
not me per se, but in general, yeah. that we believe that America should be able to stop anything because we're so powerful. Yeah, it's that um what's that 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 that, that popular phrase now? Um uh, main character syndrome. Like we yes. believe too many Americans believe that America Americans, United States citizens, that we as a country and as individuals, we're always the main character. And we're not. <laughs> Americans don't like to hear that, but we're not the world's main character. Like we're just not. Even though we have, you know, the uh, the not the biggest by number, but in theory, we have the most lethal military, right? That doesn't mean that we're um the main character in every country's uh issues, because we're not. And you know, it is it is terrible. That uh, Middle East war, 20, 20, I think they just reached a milestone. Twenty five thousand people have been killed in war. That's unbelievable, right? Forty thousand people were killed in America in handguns last year. Yeah, 40,000. 40, and nary a peep. And what what Kamala was saying was, black women in the United States of America have the highest infant mor- or uh, maternal mortality rate of any Western nation. Yeah. It's right here in America. And it's not because anytime there's statistics about uh, Black people in America, the general reflex is to somehow find a way to blame Black people for the outcome. Somehow find a way. And what Kamala was saying and what she's been saying in her speeches around the country for the past year is it's not the individuals. It's access to health care. It's access to doctors. It's access to prenatal care. It's, it's it's all of those things because we can show that um, most black people in America live in the southern states. The like sixty five percent of black people live in the southern states, and in the areas where they live, there are very few hospitals. Right? There's very few clinics. There's very few um, well baby clinics and things like that. Many have healthcare thanks to what we call Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. But even with that, you have, even when you get access, you have different outcomes because, and this is not just made up, this is this has been reported and studied for decades that a Black person going to a doctor, particularly a Black woman, it is it is misunderstood that, one, they don't feel pain. So doctors don't prescribe things. Yeah. Right, that they don't take their pain serious, and we saw this happen with Serena Williams when she was having a baby. She was pregnant. She almost died because even it doesn't even matter how wealthy you are. It doesn't matter. Her doctor didn't believe the pain she was having and dismissed it, and she almost died. And that's what happens. And so, what Kamala has been saying is, we can fix. This is that it's not unfixable. Like you can fix these things by making it, um, the medical field. Um, more aware and yeah accountable and aware and you teach them you train them so that they know the symptoms and they know what they're looking and not to be dismissive of our pain and it is that's where the implicit bias comes from and that's where the 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 um the sometimes we don't know that we have racism in us and we just we we just go well she's fine she's probably just complaining doesn't really you know doesn't need to have your medication and it's shown that doctors think that when black people are in pain and we need medication, they think we're drug addicts. Even though you got this massive big pharma, right? That you have a whole swath of Americans always complaining about big pharma, 
But then you have black people say, no, we need, we need medication. And the doctors, instead of giving us medication, they overprescribe it to other people, non-black people. It's really messed up. So, so yes, yeah, so we have this main energy, main character syndrome when we're not the main characters in, in everybody's in everybody's um, wards or conflicts or something like that. I think the death toll in, in, in Sudan has gone up to 200,000. Jesus Christ. 200,000. I don't know what it is in Syria. I, I think... Uh, Syria is like 100,000. Yeah, I feel like it's... The, like it, So you said 40,000 in gun control here. So the thought of watching and listening to and reading some of those posts gives me... Uh, little bit of like heart palpitations because yeah. i think you know when you see oh such and such country is gonna submit war crimes against biden and not uh numb nuts um right not, uh, or uh, netanyahu yeah netanyahu like and yemen and we're gonna they're gonna be responsible for war crimes bitch do, you don't even understand the fact that that can't happen one right. and that Biden has, we just saw, you just sent me today or yesterday that the Hamas said, no, no ceasefire for two months. Like yeah, they said, it, no. It was the eighth such attempt. Because, you know, uh, it's the eighth Ocho. attempt. Yeah, Ojo. So, so, and sometimes I think people misunderstand what a ceasefire means. A ceasefire doesn't mean the end of the war. It just means let's stop for a moment so the people, so the, the power people can negotiate and talk and all this kind of stuff right you just you take a pause and you get some aid in you get medical supplies you get all the basics you know this kind of stuff and eight different attempts now i understand this is a negotiation that sometimes you go back and forth and eight times uh, the leaders of hamas have said no and and it isn't just it isn't just israel talking to the leaders of hamas because they don't talk so they're working it through third-party nations, including the U.S., but also because uh, Hamas they don't want to fuck with the U.S. either. So you have to get so who would they talk to? Would they talk to Qatar? They talk to Saudi Arabia. You get these different Arab-led countries in to help uh, facilitate the negotiations. And you just you're in Egypt and you're going back and forth saying, okay, Israel said they will do this, 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 and everything um, that's been offered. Hamas said no, eight different deals, even deals that they have ostensibly agreed to at some point. But then once it gets to okay, now we're ready to sign on the dotted line, everybody reach agreement, they back out and say no. And so, so then you will ask, well, why would they back out? What is it in there? Is it what is their interest? If 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 you don't negotiate, right? So Israel is saying, give us our hostages. You know, we we stop war. Give us our hostages and. You know, you you can start building up this land and this kind of stuff. And Hamas is saying no. And, and they're negotiating from an absolute point of view, meaning they're saying we want every Jew, every is Israeli out of Israel and the entire land be given to Palestinians. And that that can't happen. Like that, you can't negotiate from an absolute standpoint. You're not going to relocate millions of and Israel isn't just. Jewish people, because Israel has Jewish people, uh, Islamic people, uh, Muslim people, Christian people, and various other religions. They're like um, not as diverse as America, but they're very diverse. And you're not going to just say, hey, millions of people just leave. Like, go where? Like, that's not going to happen. And I think that 
Palestinian citizens are over to negotiations, but you know what? They're not in charge. Hamas is in charge, and they're just saying no. They're just saying we want we want them to leave. Period. And I think now this is just me talking now, Jen. I think the powers that be that support Hamas, right? So where do they get their money and their support? They get it from Iran, you know, who's, who's the enemy of the United States. They get it from Syria, who's the enemy of the United States. Syria and Iran are in coast because they're enemies against the United States, and they're um, they also work with Russia, right? So. So they're all saying no. So it's in their interest to keep up war, right? Because it they're selling they're selling arms, they're doing all that stuff, and you just keep your you keep your population focused on well, we hate you know death to Israel, death to the United States, right? Well, you're not doing anything for your people, you're just having them focused on that. And it also it also hurts Democrats in this country. It also so you see. The protests and things like that. And it's been proven that a lot of people that's protesting are just being paid, they're paid ops to just sow social unrest in this country, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. So the more you can keep the American electorate, the American society, you know, upset at whomever's president, it, it helps other nations around the world. And there are there are forces, people like to think about this, that our elections are um, tampered with from foreign sources. I mean, we know other countries give money to other candidates and those things happen. And there are countries that don't want America to be settled. Like they would like us to be, you know, just fucked up. And so they support civil unrest here. Now, in fairness, this is a type of thing that the U.S. Secret Service and people like that have been doing around the world for a hundred years. So it's really a taste of our own medicine. And I don't think it would work. I think that Joe Biden is going to win re-election. Um, but the road from here to there is going to be bumpy as hell. It's going to be <laughs> bumpy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Because just, just the stuff you're talking about, you see this stuff online. Now, a lot of that stuff online is just online. Like, you don't see it in real life. But you do see those protests in real life. Like, that's that's real. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that... I think about, and I've said this to you in the past, like if I just had a little bit of more knowledge like you had, I would be spending all day talking to trolls online, like <laughs> putting them in their place. Like that would be my full-time job is just, you're an idiot. You know, Kamala has nothing to do with uh, a ceasefire. She's trying to, she's talking about mortality rates in black women and right. and places that have, you know, overturn the abortion rights. Like right. to think that you you don't even put that. The only time you post is to post something about right. Palestine. And again, we you and I have had this conversation. We don't want anybody to die. Right. That's like, exactly like, it. Like I, I'm not for or against either one. What I am for are people not dying. And unfortunately, as we said numerous times on this podcast, that the cost of war is civilians. That that's exactly it. And and, and I have said bef before that, you know, a couple of things can be true. I, I I support Israel's right to defend itself. I also think Benjamin Netanyahu is a dick who needs to be run out of office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I support the Palestinians to have a country. Right. I, I support that. And I also think the Hamas should be should be wiped off the face of the planet. Like like those all those things can be true at the same time. They could all be true. Or just like the the Houthis. 
who are not the Yemeni government, but they're just a locally sprung terrorist group that's also supported, supported um, by Iran. And they're just like attacking ships in the Mediterranean Gulf. And someone said, well, well, you can't say that, you know, international companies or countries or companies have the right to the waters and the ocean and the Mediterranean and the Houthis are just defending it. And you go, well, wait, the Houthis don't have any right to any water at all. Like they're just a terrorist group and international law is international law. Like that's just a thing. And they're not the Yemeni government. Like you, you can make the case that you, that the that the the countries that surround the Mediterranean or any any sea, every country has a sphere of influence, and they have, you know, the the rights of their waters and things like that. But then you get in international waters, and that's international waters. Like you don't own that, and they're firing on ships in international waters, and they're just a terrorist group. And you know what? Look, you keep firing on ships, forty one different countries then you you don't have any allies that, that could defend you. Like you you literally got everybody against you. So um, and if you're just a terrorist group, whether you're Houthis or Hamas or, you know, you had ISIS and the Taliban, you know what? I am I am of the of the mind because I'm like you. I don't like people to die. But you know what? I, I I'm also a pragmatist that you keep attacking militaries. Militaries are going to do what they're trained to do. Yeah. Right. This is what they're trained to do. They're going, okay, well, you know what? Our job is to defend stuff. And we got a lot of training, a lot of weapons. Let's let's get to work. And and they'll do it and be happy they're doing it. And then when they come home, they'll get they'll get a little parade. They'll get some nice um TV coverage on the Today Show. And you know, they'll have, they'll, they'll be at little picnics. <laughs> like, you know what? And ain't nobody mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> be on the today show god damn sir yeah i mean all you have to say is yes there's twenty five thousand people that have died in palestine limbs i mean i see it i watch it my heart breaks i you know i i'm sitting on the sidelines for something i can't control um and yet there's forty thousand people that died of gun violence in the united states of america right here it's crazy it's crazy how we can how we can um, be so locally blind and say, well, well, that's just a cost of our freedom that people are going to die by guns and, and say, well, I accept that my, that my, the people I vote for, the people that, you know, that live amongst us, my politicians can't do anything about that. The president of America cannot do anything about gun deaths in America. Because the president doesn't make laws, right? And that, and that, the Congress, my Senate, my senator, that they either cannot do something about it or choose not to do anything about it, right? To to, to have that so ingrained in your head that 40,000 40, deaths, forty, like that's so many, right? Last year, that that it never even. It never even gets to um, the point where some group says, we should march. We should protest about that. It's just, it's okay. You just accept it. And then turn around and say, the United States president should stop this other country from going to war. Yeah, and I can't vote for him in office because he right. wouldn't stop it. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, insane. How do you put that together? Like he should stop that. And and the American um, uh, diplomatic deal and all this stuff has been working and like the stop stuff and help stuff and all this. And someone said, well, you shouldn't, then we're still sending money and weapons because money and weapons are voted and done by the Congress, right? That's who does that. It's appropriated there. And once it's appropriated, you, you can't stop it. Like that's the deal. It's no different than the funds that come to California for, um, I don't know, Medicare or that comes for all this traffic we got out here for uh, all this road construction infrastructure. Once that money is appropriated, it's, it's a done deal. You can't go back and like stop that money. And the president can't stop that money. That kind of power, we purposely have our type of government to prevent a president from having that type of power. Like, it, it, sometimes I see I see people's comments and I go, so many kids were left behind. Like, <laughs> that leave nobody behind thing yeah. from the Bush years. So many got left behind. And, and, and when they stopped those little songs about, I'm just a bill, I'm just, I'm only a bill. Those little Saturday morning cartoon songs, when they stopped that stuff, people don't understand how government works. Like, they don't understand the presence of government and they, I saw somebody online railing about their state government doing something. And then they said, well, well, I'm not going to vote for President Biden. And I just thought, well, your state government has nothing to do with President Biden. That's your state government. That's not the federal government. It is it is mind boggling. boggling. You see people go, wow, well, they get mad at the wrong thing. And then you go, well, did you vote in the, in the midterm elections? No, I did. OK, well, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, because my vote doesn't matter, but I but I get to yes. bitch about it. Yes, I could complain about it. And and it, you know what, sir? It goes back to what I was saying about, about Roe versus Wade in 1972, right? Republicans have voted to repeal Roe versus Wade for 50 years. And they've they chipped away at it, but never once. You know, did the party or anyone say, you know what, we're just not going to vote. We'll never get this. It's just, no, we didn't get it. We chipped away a little bit. We're going to come back next time and then next time. And we're going to try this here. We're going to try We're going to just keep doing it. But you get some people who voted one time, you know, for either for Hillary or voted one time in 2020, their first time voting and go, I didn't get everything I wanted. The world's not, you know, made of made of um, uh, candy corn and popsicles. Or like, I, I quit. I quit. It's all. I, I just quit, and it just—it's all a it, lie. I don't. I don't like any government. They all. They. I don't like any politics. They all lie. It's like you know what I wrote about that once. It's like grow the fuck up. Like if, if you want a democracy, you have to work for it, and it's never complete. Meaning it. It is every single election because there are people who don't want. I mean, there's little things, right? I. I'm okay with paying more taxes for schools. Someone else doesn't want to pay that. Those kind of things, okay, well, you can just debate those kind of things. But what we have in this country, we have a significant part of the country who say that they do not like democracy. Yeah. Right? And then that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing where they don't like one person, one vote, you know, um, representation, and they don't like that at all. And they say... You know, you could go to some of these Trump rallies, interview people. Would you rather have 
President Biden as an elected president or Donald Trump as a dictator. And multiple, many people, you can see these videos all over, out there on all the platforms will say, well, I don't like Biden. And so I'd rather have president, um, former president Donald Trump as president, as a, as a dictator. I'll, I'll take that. And, 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 and I hear, I see it and I go, what did I get in, edu in, in being in school and absorbing America's culture, you know, TV, books, movies, and society that, that didn't lead me to think, oh, yeah, I think a dictator would be pretty nice. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> you get, like, so then, yeah, you get, how do you even respond <laughs> to that? You know, because I, so I, I want to come back and say to one of those persons, so you'd be okay with Kamala Harris being a dictator. Because you're saying you want a dictator. Are you only saying you want Donald Trump, a 77-year-old white man, to be dictator? Or do you want, will you be okay with anybody else? Or is it just him? Right? Because, because you know, because that the answer to that is really interesting. Uh -oh. I'm here. I think, I think, I think, I think someone's in there burning food. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. You talk and I'm going to mute. <laughs> well, I will tell you that you brought up a very interesting point about taxes and, you know, not paying for schools. I'm one of those bitches that don't want to pay for schools because I don't have kids. So. I feel very adamant that I should get a tax break for not having children. Because you know why? I don't have kids using a school bus. I don't have them using teachers. Like something, You, my carbon footprint is way smaller than somebody that has a family of three or four or five kids. Like where's my tax break? Instead, I have to pay taxes all year long. And then my tax advisor says, Guess what? You didn't pay enough to the federal government. I can't. What? I like. I'm making. I'm making an effort here by. I don't drive many places because I work from home. Yeah. So legitimately, I feel confident that um, I would love to have a tax break for not having children. You know what's funny about that, Jen? Because um, um, our our form of taxation rewards people being married too yes right our, our taxation because you know because we have people who were religious people who said it's more valuable um it's more value our, our more our morals are that we think everyone should be married and so they built that into the tax code that if you're married you get better taxes and we built into the tax code if you own a home you get better taxes right you can deduct stuff and and if you so if you're if you're single, you don't own a home, and if you don't have kids, because you have kids, you get a tax break. So if you're single, you don't own a home, you don't have kids, our form of taxation penalizes you. Yes. That's crazy, huh? That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's the same crazy that I pay taxes out of my paycheck. Then I go to the store and I pay taxes on my what I buy. Then like I pay taxes on my car. I pay taxes on my home. And I get taxes taken out of my check. Like, the fuck? We had a planet 
that evolved to human beings. And some fucknut decided to say, let's put all these rules in place. Right. And we know that that um, billionaires, many American billionaires don't even pay taxes. I don't have. And why can't they? Like they, it wouldn't even bother them. It wouldn't even impact. It wouldn't even bother them. And, you know, and Democrats changed some laws that they were able to. And I think this past year, I saw a report that said billionaires paid an additional, maybe it's like the last couple of years. I don't know what the time frame, but it was since President Biden got elected. They had paid, um, the government had collected something like three, $500 million you know, from billionaires who hadn't been paying taxes. And that money just goes to help government, you know, and you just go, and you know what, Jen? There's still billionaires. Like not even, That's like a tip. Yes, it, it's nothing. And then, I, you know, we talked, I think we hit on this before. What do you, like, if you're worth 100 billion, and then five years later, you're worth 200 billion, right? And then you're, you give money to Republicans so that you don't have to pay more taxes. And I'm like, what are you doing with the extra $100 billion? Like, Nothing. why do you need that? You don't. <laughs> you don't. Well, right? We have, we're going to be spending time for our listeners. Um, we're going to be talking politics in 2024 because we have a big election coming up. We're going to spend more time. We'll talk about Project 2025. We'll talk mm-hmm. about the the slander of Biden. We didn't even get to talk about DeSantis. I think he just he just uh, <laughs> that little man with those two big shoes and his black hair. <laughs> he's like, peace out, motherfuckers. So, out. Yes, that's a great point. So we'll go through the Republican candidates because right now it's really just Trump and Nikki Haley, right? Yeah. I mean, it might be some stragglers out there, but really. They're just consolidated around Donald Trump. And you got to say, what does that say about that party that, you know, he's a convicted rapist. Like, that's on the books now. He has 91 indictments, trials in four different states, and he's 77 in bad health. He has dwindling crowds at his rallies, and he is losing his mind on stage. And he's debanking. I don't even know what Yes, he's making up words. He is showing (laughs) signs of, you know, some type of mental... Something I don't know if it's I don't know if it's health I don't know if it's um, age related dementia I don't know what it is but he is losing his mind on stage and even with all that that's who they're rallying around it's it's incredible it, that should alone you should take a step back it's it's a, it's very similar to if you're going through any therapy and you have to step out of yourself for a moment and look at yourself in a different way. If you are a supporter and thinking Trump is going to be a benefit in office, like you should really sort of step out of yourself for just a minute and really take a look at the big picture. You really should. Uh, you know, just one thing before we wrap up. He he told he told Mitch McConnell and and the Republicans um, uh, in the Senate and and in Congress, the representatives. He told them, "Do not do anything about the border." Because I don't want President Biden and Kamala Harris to have any wins before we get to the election in 2024. Wow. He told, and they they said, okay, we won't do anything. So they had some bipartisan, meaning Democrats and Republicans had agreed on a set of things to do to strengthen border stuff. They'd agreed on it. Agreed. And Donald Trump said, don't do anything. 
And they said, okay, we're not going to do anything. And they just plan to just say border, border, border all the way up to the election, even though Republicans have agreed with Democrats, okay, we can do some stuff. And, they, and Donald Trump told them no, and they just said, okay, we're not going to do it. That that's that's where Repub- that's how they govern. That's where we're at. Yep, that's, that's where we're at. crazy. <laughs> and you're going to be like, if you watch news or follow, you're going to be hearing about border because there's always a caravan when there's an election coming. They always, always bring up the same stuff, right? It never actually materializes. And now they're saying, oh, there's there's you know cartels in all the states, like all this kind of you know trying to get people afraid. So we know that's not true, but at the same time, they could do some stuff about the. You could always do something about the border. And they had money ready to go. And Donald Trump told them no as a non-elected person. And they said, okay, we're just going to do what he says. Oh, my God. What a, what minions. It's incredible. I know. Minions, what, yes. Minions. We'll, we'll be spending some time on politics. I know some people like it. I, I always learn something from Myron because he breaks it down easier for me to understand because there's a lot of information that's out there. So I appreciate that. I know we are running short on time, but I do want to say – I. What, what I'm watching or what I finished oh. and I really enjoyed it. It was on Amazon Prime. It was called The Escort Voice and it's a French show so oh. you can have the subtitles. I had subtitles because the dubbing over the voices, just the lips not moving at the same time. No, I hate me that, crazy. Yeah. Wait, what's it called? It's called Escort Boys. It's about oh. a bee farm that the owner passes away and all the workers become escorts to help save the bee farm and the sister who's like 17 years old is act she acts as the pimp i got air quotes up but she acts as the pimp to get them money so that she can so that they can start being escorts it's it it turned out to be really 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 good it's only eight episodes they're like 40 minute episodes watch it i am uh I, i really enjoyed it so okay I'm watching Fargo too. So both you and Margaret said watch Fargo. And um, what I, season are you watching? Okay, I'm watching season th- four now. This is the one with Chris Rock. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so pretty good. violent. Um, it, they're violent. Every season, yeah. just bonkers violence. Bonkers. And I'm not like, I feel Chris Rock is not doing a bad job. I also see that he's acting. Yeah, he's not a good actor. Yeah, he's not a good actor, but yeah. I the concept, the whole sort that crazy nurse in there that killed that uh, has killed. Oh my god! So I just good. just because we're talking about, it, I just finished season five, and I think it might. It's hard to say if it's the best season, but it is so spectacular. Really? So is that five? That's like so. I watched season three, and I'm almost done with four, so I'll be starting. But so if five is done. Like all yes, the episodes around. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's so good. Some really good actors. It's just really, it's really, really good. It the okay. same type of Fargo stuff, but yeah, really good. I didn't watch season one and two because I thought they were in like 2014, and I thought that's way too many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, you ever do that where you're watching movies and you're like, well, that looks interesting, but then it says 2013. I'm like, now that's too old. I immediately, immediately, I go, you know what? Because I, I don't want to know what they're talking about. The technology is going to be creepy. I, nope, I'm not interested. <laughs> the actors are already 10 years older. Like, that's not even- <laughs> right, or the actor was on TV saying how much they hated it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> 
And they wrapped up the season, the last, the third episode of the reunion of Salt Lake City. That was something. That was something. That's where the juicy shit came out, was that final episode. And now we know that Monica is no longer going to be on the show. I don't know if she's fired or she left, but... um, yeah, we. A lot what of was the happened. okay? Look, look, Monica was tripping, but what was the deal with this lady with the big hair who got hit in the eye? What was that all about? Heather, yeah, that she got yes. hit by Jen, and then she was protecting Jen after she got yes. hit by the guy. Yep, that was I, that was that was weird. Um, okay, yes. Uh, what else? You know what? That's it, man. Okay, uh, Beverly Hills, of course, and Real Housewives of Miami. But I am entrenched in. I am really enjoying Fargo, so I'll probably finish all that up. Okay, so I'm watching. Um, I watched a movie today on Hulu called The Good Mother, and it's oh. with Hillary Swanky. Hillary Swank. Okay, and it's <laughs> it's a drama thriller. And it's re- you know she's always in these really good movies. It's really good. It's uh it's so pretty intense. Serious? No, it's just a movie. Okay. Yeah, it's called The Good Mother, and it's it's really good. Um, she's a she's a a reporter, and she's married to a cop, and something happens with their son, and it all just spires out of control until it's just it's a mess. It's really good. Okay, it's a movie. I'm not a mm-hmm. big fan of movies. Um, even I totally I get it. Sit, right? Like I I'd rather sit and watch eight hours of a of a. Like a, a series, yeah. Series, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. Um, okay, so so another movie I watched um, on Paramount Plus called Finest Kind. And it was with Tommy Lee Jones and a bunch of other actors. Oh. And it's it's very good. So for our, for our Paramount, we don't give a lot of love to Paramount Plus over here. So I'm going to just throw something out to Paramount Plus people. It's a very good movie. It's a drama. And there's some... Upper East Coast, like fishermen kind of deal, that go on those boats and and start fishing, and they have like some bad luck, and they decide to make some um some bad decisions, and okay. it's another one that just spirals out of control. Um, the movie, yep. So it's very good. Um, there's a there's a movie on Hulu. It's from a few years ago. It's called Back Country, okay. and it's based on a true story. And it's about a couple that goes camping. This is why I don't go camping. But a couple that goes camping. And they have an encounter with the bear. It is spectacular. <laughs> Leave my bears alone. <laughs> if, if, you, if you're like me, dear audience, and you always root for the animals over the humans, this is your movie. <laughs> a thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This bear is fantastic. Based on a true story. So it's called Backcountry. Um, and then there's a really good series on Prime. And I've been watching it for a while. And I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the show, but I think you would like it. It's called Wilderness. Oh, and I've seen that pop up. It's so good. It, it is, it's a mess. It's just, it's a couple. And they've had some infidelity in their in their relationship by the, by the man. And he is um he he says to his wife that you know he's going to stop he's going to do better and so we're like in their makeup phase and he proposes they go on a little trip and all hell breaks loose whoa okay and it's a series it's a series and it is it's really i can't think of this lady's name 
Uh, but she's she's really good at this show. And it, it turns into a murder mystery is what it is. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a Hulu series. It's, it's very good, though. Is it just one season so um, far? It's just one season. That's all it is. It's just a one-time so deal. It's a, it's a limited series. Okay. Limited series. Like here it is. It, it just it starts and ends, and I think it's eight episodes, and they're all around forty minutes or so. But it's um, it's good. Okay. Um, and then Fargo, we were talking about, and then the um, Real Housewives. So yeah, yeah, I think we're caught we got up. A lot going on. We got yeah. some shows coming back, like Chicago. Yes, um, Abbott Chicago Elementary Med came back. So I'm watching that. We've got, you know, we're going to have Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. I think they're coming back in March. Um, so some, and I think Vanderpump Rules starts. Oh, yes, yes. And you know what? Well, I think we have coming up the uh, Grammy Award. Oh, not the Grammy, the Oscars. The Oscars are coming. Oh, yeah. that's We got to talk about that. We got to oh. talk about the Oscar stuff, like how the women. <laughs> so Geta, Greta, and Margot Robbie. Right. We're not nominated, but Ken was. <laughs> Just like, could the Academy not see? Like, <laughs> what? What? Unbelievable. And I didn't even, I wasn't impressed with him. I mean, he did good, but not Oscar worthy. Right. I didn't think that either. Like, I thought, well, that was odd. Like, he was in it, but I didn't think, right. I thought the same thing you thought. He was a fun little Ken and. Oof, man, sometimes whatever Academy folk. Um, yeah, so we got to talk about the Academy Awards. Um, we have this coming week, we have um, football championships. Who yes. goes? So we determine this week who goes to the Super Bowl. It'll either be uh, Baltimore or the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, or it's for the 49ers or the Detroit Lions in the NFC. So just so we know, my predictions are both home teams are going to win. Baltimore's going to win. The 49ers are going to win. That's what I think. Now, I don't bet. So don't use your hard-earned money to bet based on what I'm saying. I'm just talking shit here. I don't know. <laughs> Myron is a, if you're a gambler like myself, you don't want people leaning over your shoulder when you're gambling to make it like they're participating. Uh, That's what he does. <laughs> I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by people gambling, you know. <laughs> Oh my God! I, yeah, I'm hoping I, I, for I, the I, underdog. Man. I really, I mean, being a Midwestern girl raised in in the Midwest and Detroit not being around since '91, I'm and you know, right? I think that's a that's a that's the underdog winning. But I think yeah, know, onto something. But if if the 49ers played like they did against Green, they're gonna Bay, lose. They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose because Detroit is a really good team. Yeah, they're a really right? good team because the Niners should have lost to the Packers. Thousand percent. Our kicker is a motherfucker. Oh, that kicker. You know what? I look, I A, I hate kickers in football, but I have a rule, a rule proposal. I think that kickers, the team should only be allowed three kicking opportunities per game. That's it. Oh. That's it. Okay. And, and you just so you gotta use them sparingly and you got three attempts and then that's it. Because kicking ruins football, I think. It's a all that hard work. And then you, your kicker missed a field goal. Okay, that's it. Like, what? That's it. Yes. Yeah. I, just, oh, I hate that so much. So and anyway. They only have one job. Like, their <laughs> one job is to kick the ball. Like, that guy, that guy for the for the Packers who missed that field goal, he had to, he didn't have to, but he deleted his social media. Like, he was, they were <laughs> on him. We hate them. <laughs> they were on <laughs> <She's hesitating>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my man, you catching those checks. You got to take the heat. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Everybody... 
they're owned by the people. So yes. they have a right to bitch to their employee. You're the only <laughs> team like that. I, I love that. I love that. And they, so, they bring it. I get to bitch to my employee for missing. This is part of their performance review. And you better be able to take that shit. Oh, God, sir, that's funny. We got, we got a we got a long 2024 ahead of us with a lot of bullshit that's right. going to be coming, but we'll keep our audience engaged. And if you have anything that you want us to talk about, any candidates that you yes. want us to talk about, like let us know. Reach out to us on our social media. You'll see that in the show notes on our podcast. Uh, we always appreciate us. We always appreciate you rating us, talking about us, posting yes. us, and and giving us really good comments. So yeah, share our stuff, put us on auto download and yeah, tell your friends and family. And uh, Jen, I think we are up to episode, what, 91, 92? This was 91. Oh my God, Ooh, we said we would do 100, right? And we're almost at 100 now. We're almost at 100. And 91, now that we said that about the Detroit Lions. Right? We might, 91. Like, 91 episode, they haven't been there since 91. It, it might be their time. Might be their time. I I will not be mad if the Detroit Lions get to the Super Bowl. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we're gonna have to have a hundred show. We'll, we'll, that show will be a little longer, and we will definitely um, sprinkle in a little bit of what we hate. Yes, perfect. All right, have a great week, Jay. Good talking to you. Yep. Peace out. Bye. Peace out. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent. <laughs>